24 years ago in 1994, I travelled to Hungary for my first tour with the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland as a member of the flute section. Many of the young people I travelled with on that tour went on to become professional musicians. Some are now soloists, some play in our national orchestras, others in orchestras around the globe. Some went into music management, into teaching, into music therapy, and some went into other professions but still play on an amateur basis. It was, without a doubt, an exciting and inspiring time in my young life. So I was delighted when the current National Youth Orchestra invited me to travel to the Netherlands with them in July 2018. It was a twofold pleasure for me, as in addition to spending five days with the orchestra, I got a chance to revisit some old haunts from my student days at the Amsterdam Conservatory. By the time I caught up with them, the orchestra had spent a week in intensive rehearsals at Kilkenny College, where they worked in their individual instrument sections with professional tutors before coming together to work with the Taiwanese conductor Chung Che Chuang. The course is a residential one, and the second of two residential courses the youth orchestra runs annually. So the young people knew each other pretty well by the time we arrived in Dublin Airport on Monday the 16th of July. I took advantage of the lengthy check-in process to chat to some of the musicians and to find out what they enjoyed about being in the National Youth Orchestra. Hello, my name is Monty Walsh. I'm 14 years old, uh, also known as Cormac. Um, I play the bassoon and I'm thrilled. Where are you off to, Monty? Uh, going to Amsterdam, the dam. My name is Roisin Nigunamon. I play the clarinet. I'm from Limerick. The atmosphere is really nice. And it's just, it's really fun to be around people my own age who really like music. I'm Matty Gaffney. I play double bass. Where are you from, Matty? I'm from Dublin. First time going to Amsterdam? No, this will be my fourth time this year. My sister moved there, so I go to visit her sometimes. I'm Becky Corcoran, and I play oboe. Uh, this is my first year. Um, yeah, I came at Christmas, and then this is my second course. I, it's just good fun, like, you know, in the dorms and everything, and all the people. And like the music's great, and like it's, it's a lot more challenging than you get anywhere else. So I'm Dave Meaton, and I play the violin. I'm from Dublin, and um, well, this is my first year as well. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's really fun going around and playing in concerts, and kind of just getting to know people more. Ava Horahan from Kildare and Emily Sheehan from Westmeath both play violin. I asked them what they enjoyed about the music. I like the hard pieces. I really like hard pieces. Challenging. It's difficult, but it's good that it's difficult because it like gives us a challenge and like it gets us more invested in it. Even where I come from, there's not much opportunity to play music with people, and it's so nice to come together with a group of people who are all so good and like at the same level to play with. I'm Jacob Butler. I play double bass. I'm from Limerick. Uh, it was my first year this year. It's really fun. I love it so much. It's just a great atmosphere. Everyone's so nice. So the first day, I was always really nervous because this is the, the like most advanced orchestra I've ever been in. But everyone was so nice and welcoming, so it was, yeah, it was just great. So, with 97 musicians, 10 staff and the management team all checked in, safely through security and loaded onto the plane, it was time for takeoff.
Welcome on board this uh, 608 service to Amsterdam Schiphol. Once we get going, the flight time will be 10. And the latest weather from Amsterdam, uh, very pleasant indeed. Very light winds, clear skies, 28 degrees Celsius, that's 82 degrees Fahrenheit. A couple of hours later, and we were on our buses to the town of Ada, some 75 kilometres east of Amsterdam and to the Acousticum, an international performing arts training centre which would be our home for the next three nights. After a delicious dinner al fresco, some of the violin players decided to get together for a trad session. It wasn't long before someone acquired a pair of spoons. Then, someone found a snare drum. By this stage, the siege of Ennis had started up, so I wandered around in search of a few more musicians to chat with. Hi, my name's Emily Carley. I play the viola, and this is my eighth course with the National Youth Orchestra. I'm from Cork. I study in the Cork School Music uh, under Simon Aswell. I've been playing viola for four years now, so as long as the National Youth Orchestra. So I'm loving it, yeah. So you're a seasoned member of the orchestra? Uh, I guess you could say that, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it so much. It's part of my life by now, and I'm going to miss it a lot. It's your last course? It is, yeah. I'm afraid to say I'm going to miss it so much, but I'm making the most of it, I hope. What is it that you enjoy particularly about the youth orchestra? Yeah, yeah, there's just something so special about the youth orchestra. You're away with people who you're so like-minded with, and you make friendships that truly do last a lifetime and it sounds silly because we're spending so little time with them but it's just there's something really special about being with people that you just you have a connection or sort of with are they friends for life do you think 100 percent i think so definitely i'd be very sad if they weren't um so we just arrived in amsterdam today it's quite warm we're all of us hot and bothered but we're getting on well we're traveling a lot today um but everyone seems to be doing well and we're looking forward to our concerts in the next few days can you tell me what the program is uh, we're playing actually quite a big program this year, which is this course, which is really exciting. It's quite challenging. We're playing uh, Stravinsky, Firebird, uh, Tchaikovsky, Fourth Symphony, and then uh, the Overture to Candide. And uh, aside from the music aspect of the tour, what are you looking forward to in the next few days? Um, I guess I'm just for, looking forward to having fun with everyone for the last, last hurrah of my day, I guess. So I'm very looking forward to that. And what does the future hold for you? Um, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I'm hoping to do engineering, but I definitely will be keeping up the music because it's something that you never should let go of. Emily Crowley from Cork. Next, I spoke to Stephen Duncan, a percussionist from Dunboyne, County Meath, and asked him what was his experience of playing with the National Youth Orchestra. Uh, they're all really good. Everyone here is really fun and uh, they're all really into the music and everyone's really sound. Is this your first time in Holland? Yeah, it is my first time in Holland. What are you expecting the tour to be like? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to like the, the concerts. They'll be fun. Tell me what you play in the percussion section. Uh, I play timpani in Candide. Um, I play cymbals in Tchaikovsky. And I play xylophone and cymbals in Firebird 1990. And as a percussion player, is, is it just a question of you just turning up and playing? Uh, no, there has to be lots of preparation. You have to get there 
at least half an hour, maybe an hour early to set up everything, get all the music sounds prepared and stuff like that. And what about when you're on tour? What happens with the percussion? Well, you basically rent out the percussion and so there's different rented percussion for each venue. And so there'll be a truck there and we have to offload everything and put them onto the stage. And what other aspects of the Youth Oxford do you enjoy other than the music? Um, just making friends and stuff, meeting new people, because everyone, everyone has the common interest of music, but then it's fun to see what everyone's other interests are and things like that. My name is Carl Sullivan. I'm from Kerry. I play the French horn and I've been in the orchestra for two years now. Where do you learn the French horn? I learned that in the Cork School of Music with Sean Clinch. Good. How long have you been in the School of Music? Um, about five years now. And why did you choose to play the French horn? Um, I just really like the sound of the French horn and I'd always heard my sister practicing it. Can you remember your first course when you came in and, and then you go in for the first time to play with the full orchestra? Can you remember that sensation? I can, yes. Um, uh, uh, after I had our sectionals, we, um, we went into the full rehearsal and it was really good. We had Garoud Grant and he was, a very, he was a lovely conductor and it was a very enjoyable experience. And tell me, when you're playing a piece like the Tchaikovsky Symphony, is there a lot for the French horn to do? Yes, there's a lot for the French horn to do. We have a big opening and then that comes back a couple of times through the piece. And then you can always hear the French horns playing throughout the whole piece. I believe the French horn is one of the most difficult orchestral instruments to play. Um, people always tell you that, but if it's the only instrument you play, it's all, it's all pretty much the same. It's <laughs> a very good answer. The opening of Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 4, performed by the brass section of the National Youth Orchestra, including horn player Carl Sullivan. So, with the night drawing in, the session had moved indoors to one of the music rooms. Mindful of the busy schedule the next day, I decided it was time to call it a night and left them to it. The next morning we were up bright and early and onto our tour buses where Caroline McKenna, the orchestra's general manager, gave us a rundown for the day. This morning we are going to Utrecht, which is a very beautiful city. Uh, we are going to have some free time there. And then we are going to drive to another beautiful traditional Dutch village. And then when we're finished there, uh, we are going to go to get set up at the Ned Fulkerfel for our concert. So at that point, uh, we'd like section leaders of cellos and basses to make sure that their sections are sorted, test out the instruments, make sure everything is fine with them. You're all being really so amazing. We're really proud of you. And yeah, you're just being such a great group and we are really delighted to be working with you. 
We arrived in Utrecht, where everybody had some free time to look around this beautiful old Dutch town. I grabbed a cup of coffee with the orchestra manager, Emer O'Brien, on the steps of Utrecht Conservatorium. It's not the easiest of thing to travel with a youth orchestra. No, it certainly isn't. Um, you learn over the years a few tricks. Every group of teenagers you bring away are different. We try to encourage the older students to look after the younger ones. And uh, these are a great bunch of talented young people. And they do look after themselves. They're wonderful. Um, we try to be very organised on a tour. Uh, we plan ahead what we're going to need and when we're going to need it. Um, we trust the kids to be responsible, timekeeping, to um, look out for each other and apart from that we have a good staff with us and we look after we look after each other and look after those kids Talk to me about some of the practicalities of, of going uh, to play concerts with an orchestra Well, first the big thing is instruments um, we can only bring so many with us usually the smaller ones we have to hire a lot of them uh, cellos, double basses, percussion which is also you, you never know what you're going to get when you arrive in a venue um, when it comes to staging um, and setting up we, we try to get to a venue early to, to, to check the place out, see um, where everything is, where we need to put everything. We try to encourage the players themselves to, to help. Are there any particular sections who need to help more than others? Oh, the percussion. We, we, from the very day one, the percussion, I thought that uh, because of their instruments, a big part of being a percussionist is the setup and the dismantling at the end of a concert. So they're usually there first and they're last to leave as well. When the musicians are on a course and they're learning the repertoire and they're learning to play these big pieces with, with international conductors, but there's a lot more to being an orchestral musician than simply learning the notes, is that right? Oh, absolutely. We, um, we take pride in the fact that we encourage these young players who are they're extremely talented young people. That's why they're here. They, they got in because of that. Um, we try to teach them about, you know, how to be a, a, a professional musician, how to dressed appropriately, how to help, how to say thank you at the end of a concert. What would be the particular difficulties of touring with a, a young orchestra? Well, a young orchestra are very excitable. Oftentimes they don't, they don't hear everything you're telling them. You have to repeat yourself a lot. I like to get them to repeat it to me so they're very clear where they're meant to be, when they're meant to be, what they can do, what they can't do. And, you know, that behaviour, that they're representing uh, not just the orchestra, but they're representing their country and that they, they, they behave accordingly. What's in it for you as manager of the Youth Orchestra? Why do you do it? I was a member for a very long time. I loved the experiences I learned. Um, I remember fabulous tours, beautiful music, wonderful venues. I also remember being looked after by some wonderful members of staff who gave up their time and when I was too old to be a member anymore, I, I found it difficult to walk away from it. And I started as a staff member and worked my way up to manager. And what I get from is I get to work and experience this, this raw talent. Our future professional musicians, our future doctors, future lawyers, but this, one, this wonderful young innocence and talent um, that they don't even realise they have themselves. And I think that's what I get out of it.
An extract from the overture to Candide by Leonard Bernstein. The second stop of the day was to the Zanseschans, a traditional Dutch village complete with windmills, traditional Dutch architecture, a chocolate factory and lots of cheese. After some sightseeing, we travelled on to Amsterdam, where we arrived in the Nedvo Kopel, a converted church and rehearsal hall of the Netherlands Philharmonic and Chamber Orchestras. It was the first time the orchestra had touched their instruments since leaving Kilkenny, and for some they had to handle borrowed instruments, which will always feel a little strange. Rehearsal was followed by a quick turnaround before getting ready backstage to prepare for an audience, which included some members of the Amsterdam Young Philharmonic Orchestra, a number of travelling parents and the Irish ambassador to the Netherlands, His Excellency Mr Kevin Kelly. OK, can we line up please? Five minutes before we go on stage. Siobhan, you tell the conductor we're going on stage. Good to go now, please. Stage at the interval, I had a few quick words with some of the orchestra members to see how the concert was going. I spoke first to two members of the cello section, Alva Collins from Limerick and Alina Mayer Whitler from Cork, about the audience reaction. I thought it went great, much better than rehearsal. I think everyone just came together and it sounded great. Like, yeah. What's the audience like? They seemed to like it, yeah. They were all excited anyway, no one left yet, so... I think it went pretty well, all things considered. It was better than rehearsal, definitely. Uh, we played the overture from Candy by Bernstein and uh, the Firebird Suite by Stravinsky. I asked them how they were getting on playing borrowed cellos. It's um, a bit of an adjustment, but get, 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 getting used to it. It's all right. I mean, like, it's not my one, but sure, we all adapt to it. Yeah. The cellos sounded great, so I think it did really well. Oh, thank you. Outside in the fresh air, I met two of the trumpet players, Aoife Gary from Wicklow and Grace Tate from Cavan. I think it went well. <laughs> yeah, it was really enjoyable. Uh, great first experience with the NYO. Uh, how do you like the conductor? He's lovely. He just seems so natural with us. Uh, it's like he's been there nearly forever. And wh- how was he during that first half of the concert? Uh, I think he seemed relaxed. What's coming up in the second half? A uh, bit of Tchaikovsky, uh, Fourth Symphony. Is there much of the trumpets to do? There's a bit to do in it, but it's great crack. Have you a solo? Uh, I don't. Have you got a solo, Aoife? Uh, no, but later on I have little bits here and there. Okay, are you nervous about that? Um, no, not too bad. Once I get into it, I'll be fine. Then quickly back on stage for the second half of the concert. appreciative applause from the audience at the Nedvo Kopel at the end of the final movement of Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 4 and a well-deserved standing ovation. After the concert, I managed to grab a quick word with the Irish ambassador, Mr Kevin Kelly. 
That was amazing. After a long, busy day doing lots of different things, what a perfect way to end the day in Amsterdam. These were just very special. They're a very talented bunch of young people, aren't they? Just amazing. I mean, as I said in my opening remarks, 97 ambassadors for Ireland. That's what we had there. Absolutely wonderful evening. His Excellency, Mr. Kevin Kelly, Irish ambassador to the Netherlands. After the military precision packing up, we embarked on the hour or so long journey back to Ada. The tour bus is always a great place for a sing-song post-concert. But there was a clear generation gap between the orchestra members and the staff. Eventually, we arrived home in Ada and straight to bed to get some rest before another big day the next day. Well, for most of us. Some people were still going strong. The next day, we set off early for a trip to Amsterdam. Our entertaining and always cheerful bus driver, affectionately known as Big M, gave us a few Dutch lessons and was very surprised at the results. Big M speaking. Morning, everybody. Morning, William. Ready to go? Yeah. So in Holland, we say, Goedemorgen. Goedemorgen. Good morning. Goedemiddag. Goedemiddag. My God. Good afternoon. Goedenavond. Goedenavond. And good evening. All right. This is very nice. We also learned to say please and thank you, how to ask for an ice cream, and my particular favourite, the Dutch word for a bagpipe, a doodle sack. On arriving in Amsterdam, the orchestra took a boat cruise through the city's canals and I left them to it while I went for a stroll down memory lane and my student days in this beautiful and vibrant city. We rendezvoused after lunch at the Rijksmuseum, where the orchestra were taken on guided tours of this extraordinary museum. Our tour guide took us to one of the special exhibits, which housed historical instruments such as harpsichords, viola da gamba, and a large assortment of woodwind instruments. After a traditional Dutch pancake dinner, we made our way to the Vesterkirk, a 17th century Renaissance-style church in the heart of the city, and our venue for tonight's concert. What do you think of the Vesterkirk? It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's really nice. Have you ever seen a church like this before? Um, not this, like, high anyway. How do you think it's going to sound in here? Um, well, I've heard that this place is really famous for its acoustics. It's supposed to be one of the best acoustics in Europe, so I'm excited to hear how we're going to sound. Heather Nash from Limerick on her first impression of the Vesterkirk. I asked Jean-Marie O'Sullivan from Dublin how they had gotten on in Amsterdam that day. We did a canal boat and then we got pancakes and we went to the Rijksmuseum. Museum. What did you see on your canal cruise? Um, saw Anne Frank House and the Conservatory of Amsterdam, the Music Conservatory. Located mere footsteps from the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam, this 17th century Protestant church is the largest of its kind in the Netherlands and is the resting place for many famous Dutch people, including the artist Rembrandt. 
The Vesta Kirk has an acoustic that is particularly pleasing to brass players, so I took the opportunity to chat to a few of them. I'm from Cork, Mark McCarthy. What do you play? Trombone. Okay, you've a lot to do in this program, haven't you? Yeah, it's pretty. It's a lot. Yeah. Do you do the nerves get you when you're playing? Not really. As an ensemble, it's nice to not be on your own. Keeps the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. Do you think you'll have to work a bit more, a bit less in this acoustic tonight? Probably more. The ceiling is quite high, but uh, we'll get around it. My name is Kira Lamkin. I play the trombone, and I'm from Cork. What do you think of this amazing building? I, th- I think it's quite beautiful, to be honest. It's just every everything is so nice here. It's so extravagant and just beautiful, really. Is it different to a church you're used to playing in? Yeah, well, it, first of all, it's a lot bigger, and there's a lot more ornate stuff here. Like There's like golden chandeliers, and there's a giant organ and stuff like that, you know? How do you think it's going to be playing in here? I think it should sound good, because the acoustics sound nice to me here but I just hope it's not too different that we don't play it out with each other you know uh, when when you're in the in the brass section how do you adapt to an acoustic like this it's a big acoustic um, well you really just gotta listen to your section and follow your leader and make sure you're in tune and just uh, watch the conductor really carefully because you're going to be hearing other sections and you're not going to be hearing it properly and you feel like you're out but you will be in time if you found a conductor and your section leader and stuff like that. The unmistakable sound of a tuba and the lone tuba player is Andrew Sayers from Belfast. So you're from the north? Yeah, I am, yeah. Are there many in the orchestra from your part of the world? Yeah, there's uh, a decent amount, maybe seven or eight people, so... And would they? Um, would you know them? Yeah, I know them quite well. Yeah. And uh, do you play together in, in groups in the north? Yeah, most of us are in the city of Belfast Youth Orchestra, so all get to play there. What do you enjoy about being in the National Youth Orchestra? Oh, it's just great to meet new people, meet the uh, representing their country as well. It's just great. I snuck round to the percussion section to have a look at some of the vast array of percussion instruments on display. Uh, my name is Malcolm O'Loughlin and I play percussion and I'm from Dublin. What are some of the instruments that you have in the percussion? Uh, well, we have the timpani, uh, we have the bass drum, cymbals, tambourine, a few triangles, uh, a snare drum and the and xylophone and a blockage wheel. I was watching you playing last night, so you were playing timpani in one of the pieces. Yeah. A lot of work to do, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it gets quite tired. Like, you have to... You have to be looking at the conductor and the music and sometimes you have to change notes in the middle of the piece with very little time to do so. What's your favourite instrument to play in the percussion section? I think the bass drum because it sounds so loud and boomy. Why did you decide to be a percussion player? Uh, I just kind of enjoy like making noise. And it's fun. And a quieter and more polite lad you couldn't meet. With the rehearsal underway, I chatted with Caroline McKenna, the general manager of the National Youth Orchestra, and the brains behind the whole operation. I started by asking her about the players in the orchestra. 
There are 96 musicians in the orchestra. They're aged from 12 years to 18. Sometimes we do have extra players in uh, who are over 18. So we do currently have a few 19 and 20 year olds. Uh, but on average, the average age is about 16 for the members of the orchestra. They come from all over the country, north and south. It's an all-island organisation. So we hold uh, national auditions at five different centres throughout the country in October. And that forms the orchestra for the following year. So they will do a one winter course and one summer course following those October auditions. And do the orchestra work with a range of conductors? We have several guest conductors who work with the orchestra. So the way that we usually do it is we would invite an international conductor to come over to work with the orchestra for a summer course. While the winter course, we feel it's important to establish some new musicians at that point because it could be the first time that they are ever in a an orchestra and it's definitely the first time that we're ever together as a group. So for that reason, uh, Garode Grant has been conducting the orchestra for many years and he will always conduct the winter course. I asked Caroline how the orchestra were getting on with their conductor. He is a wonderful, wonderful conductor and he's really created a bond with the orchestra this time. His rapport with them is exemplary and they really enjoy working with him. He's very fun, he's very tuned in with young people. He is encouraging and supportive and even if there is a problem with something in the rehearsal, he's very he's very productive about how he gives feedback and never puts anybody on the spot. And I think that's one of the most important things. I never like a young person when they're learning to be put on the spot or to be singled out unnecessarily, you know. So it's important to have a conductor who's tuned into the sensitivities of working with teenagers. Santuncha, we're very lucky that he is a wonderful man and a wonderful conductor. Running an orchestra of this size, particularly an orchestra that goes on tour every two years, must be an expensive enterprise. I asked Caroline how the orchestra was funded. An orchestra of this size is funded through several strands. The first is via the Arts Council. We receive uh, strategic funding and we apply for that on an annual basis. We also receive Department of Education funds. We charge fees to the musicians also. So it's a mixture of contributions from parents and from government sources, as well as that we have a friends membership scheme so people can be friends of the National Youth Orchestra. And we also have benefactors, sometimes people, if they if they have a good friend, perhaps who passed away, who loved music, they might want to make a donation in that person's name. So there are several several strands. The day we were in the Vestekirk was the exact anniversary of the first course some 48 years ago. So many musicians in Ireland, myself included, came through the National Youth Orchestra. I asked Caroline what influence she felt having a National Youth Orchestra had on the musical landscape of Ireland over the last half century. Yes, I think having a youth orchestra in Ireland for the last half century has definitely changed the landscape for professional musicians in Ireland. 
very many people who we work with now as tutors, maybe as a welfare team, they will have very happy memories of their time in the youth orchestra and they'll tell all the stories about it. And it it just seems to be such a positive experience for people. And not only was it positive for them coming through the youth orchestra, but now they're influencing the current members. So... And I do believe that being in the National Youth Orchestra gives them a training to become a professional musician. They learn the importance of being reliable, being on time, coming appropriately prepared for a performance and for a rehearsal. So it's, it's a very important step for any young musician to take. So what's in it for Caroline? What is the job satisfaction of running such a large organisation? I enjoy the young people. That is probably the the best part about the job for me. They are so fun and creative and energetic and they just give out such a positive energy and they're open to everything. They're open to new experiences. They never say oh, that's too hard, I can't play that symphony, I can't play that part. You'll never hear negativity from them. Everything is, you know, I'll give it a go. And they want to, they're at this point in their education where they're they're hungry for challenges and we're giving them those challenges. So I would say I get a great deal of joy from being around the young people and probably that's my, my favourite part of the job and is what gives me joy. Well, I think it comes from the top down because... You're very positive with them and very good to them, very kind to them. You know, they have pizza parties and sing-alongs on the bus led by you. Yes. I mean, I think it's important that somebody in this position actually is in tune with young people and is good fun and okay it's fine as an arts administrator you have to be logistically on top of things and very organized and a good communicator but really if it's specifically working with young people you have to just have fun know how to engage them know the tone to use when you're speaking with them so yeah I would like to say that I'm quite positive and hopefully it does it does trickle down. The orchestra is held in such esteem in the music scene in Ireland, which is reflected in its patronage. The patron of the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland is Michael D. Higgins, President of Ireland. And traditionally, the patron of the orchestra has always been the president. So I've been very lucky to have met several several of the, our past presidents. We've been invited to several garden parties at Aris on Uchtron in order to represent the National Youth Orchestra. And quite recently, we actually performed with the National Symphony Orchestra at Aris on Uchtron, several of our musicians, in a side-by-side project that we did there. So we have close connection with the president. He is extremely supportive of us and he comes to our concerts and we all know he's a lover of the arts and a great supporter of young people. So we're, we're so lucky to have him and the, the young people in the orchestra adore him. 2020 will be the 50th anniversary of the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland. So were there any plans afoot for the anniversary? In two years' time, we'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary and my board of directors is already putting together plans for an alumni orchestra. So we will be putting a call out for uh, ex-members of the orchestra, many of them probably still professional practising musicians. So we will likely call for two musicians from every year that the orchestra has been in existence. We're also looking at compiling a book, a coffee table book, about the history of the orchestra, people 
us funny stories of, you know, trips that happened or cellos that broke on the day of an orchestra, on the day of a concert, this kind of thing. Everybody has a story about the National Youth Orchestra. And so we will be putting out a call to hear those stories. If people can share their photos, their newspaper clippings, anything like that, we would love to hear from them. There may be some stories left untold. I don't question that whatsoever, for good reason. snippet from Stravinsky's Firebird Suite there. And so on to concert number two and another standing ovation at a packed out Vesterkirk. It was lovely to see some Netherlands-based Irish musicians at the concert supporting the younger generation. So then back on the bus to Ada where everyone gratefully fell into bed. The next day was promising to be a big one. It has so far been a week of first experiences and new adventures. But nothing was going to prepare the orchestra members and indeed the orchestra management and staff for the experience of walking into the Concertgebouw main hall for the first time. A plush red and cream classically proportioned room with an enormous organ and long gracious pillars above which were adorned the names of the great composers whose music had filled this room. One of the greatest concert halls in the world and the young musicians of the National Youth Orchestra were afforded the opportunity to not only play on the stage, but also to conduct and be conducted by their peers. I got some initial reaction from the musicians as they arrived. What do you think? It's gorgeous. The seats are like satin. (laughs) Um, It's just really glamorous and just unbelievable. It, if you took a picture, you wouldn't do it justice. It's just really um, beautiful. It really, it would make you emotional. Like, oh, there's a massive like organ at the back of the stage, and composers' names like around on the balconies, like loads of them, and chandeliers like on the ceiling. It would really make you want to be a musician. <laughs> you were sitting on the stage at the Concertgebouw. How does that feel? I know it was amazing. <laughs> it's really good. Roisin Hines, Holly Nagel, and Jasmine Morris giving me some reaction to the sights before them in the Concertgebouw Hall. All orchestra on the stage, please. Can I have all the orchestra on the stage? A call to the stage for the orchestra, and then 12 of the orchestra members got the chance to conduct a passage and receive direction from Maestro Chung Jae Chuang. Very nice eye contact. Very nice eye contact. I need a little bit more from your left hand. <laughs> uh, Phrasing-wise. Okay. Letter B, please. 
Let it be Beethoven. When the viola comes, this is kind of going up. And then goes down. Up and down. Very slowly. They will be together. They have no problem. They play this a thousand times. Yeah? B, please. Super B. McKenna, can you believe you're in the Kazurkawa? You know, Alicia, I don't think I'm going to believe it until later on. Right now, we're just busy trying to get everything organised, get ready to go. So maybe later it's going to sink in. It's a monumental day for all of us. At the end of the masterclass, the maestro took to the podium to play through the final section of the Stravinsky.
every hair on every neck stood up in those few moments. It was an experience the young musicians will cherish. Of course, there was one opportunity not to be missed. After the class, I spoke to some of the senior members of the orchestra, many of whom were just about to embark on professional training. I started with the orchestra leader, Kevin Janssen from Cork. You're the leader of the National Youth Orchestra and you're sitting on the stage at the Concertgebouw and you've just conducted the orchestra. How do you feel? Uh, feels pretty amazing. It's quite inspiring to be in, in a hall like when, when there are so many great masters that have gone before us. And it, feel like you feel like their soul like resides in this hall but it's just extremely inspiring just thinking of all the people that have been here and all the music that's been made here and and seeing like we were playing the Stravinsky there and then seeing his name written up on the wall there it's, it's amazing it's absolutely amazing and the acoustics are amazing too it's wonderful what was the experience of conducting the orchestra like uh it was definitely a learning experience it was my first time ever conducting anything at all Apart from, apart from the string section during the week, which I just did with my bow with this, but uh, definitely, definitely very, very fun. I really enjoyed it. I couldn't stop smiling for the whole thing. <laughs> but definitely not what I was expecting either. But I'd hope to have a pian- solo piano career and then maybe conduct when I'm older in my 30s and 40s. And tell me, have you enjoyed the tour? It's been absolutely amazing. The atmosphere here is wonderful. It's a, a particularly wonderful. It's always nice, but this, this course has been t- particularly lovely. Everyone's been wonderful. And the conductor's amazing, too. Girls, you've just played on the stage of the Concertgebouw. How do you feel? Unbelievable. I can't, words can't yeah. describe it. It's very emotional. Very, so emotional, yeah. We're feeling some tears. <laughs> First time here. First time here, yeah. Hopefully not my last, but it probably will be. But I'm glad that I got to have my first time with the National Youth Orchestra. I think I can speak for everyone when I say that the sensation that we got playing on the stage was absolutely phenomenal and so, so inspiring and we're very lucky. And uh, how was it having your colleagues conducting you? It was it was actually incredible and it, you felt so much closer with the music. Everyone got so engaged and wrapped up in it. It was, it was amazing, really. Zoe Nagel, leader of cellos, and Emily Crowley, leader of the viola section, both from Cork. I also spoke to Zara Finn, another Cork cellist. Um, this is my fourth year in the National Youth Orchestra. Um, this is actually my second tour and it's lovely to finish abroad with a great bunch of people. You've just been playing on the Concertgebouw stage. What's it feel like? Amazing. It, like Having been in Amsterdam for the last four days, this is by far the most impressive and acoustic-friendly um, environment for us. But what I especially loved was the fact that we were able to be conducted by our peers, which is something spectacular for us and for them to do so in front of friends, musicians, and many of us will go into music. So it was a kind of a taster for all of us in every scenario here. One of the young conductors was Dylan Tierney, a percussionist from Waterford. Dylan Tierney. You're on the stage of the Concertgebouw, playing the timps, but you've just conducted the orchestra. How do you feel? Unreal. I'm really, really happy. I thought it went really well. It was really cool to conduct in such an amazing place with all the different conductors and composers who have been here and stuff. It's really historic. This was a really good chance. Have have you conducted before? Yeah, I've done, I conduct choirs and stuff at home, so I've done a couple of concerts and stuff, so I have a bit of experience, but this is my first time doing orchestra, so really cool. It's not different. So your first time doing an orchestra was in the Concertgebouw with the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland. What a first place. Definitely something to put on my CV, I think. Can you see yourself having a career in conducting? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to do music next year, so I'm going to do my all my conducting and composing modules and stuff, so hopefully. So we're here at the very back of the stage of the Concertgebouw with a great big organ behind us, and uh, you're looking right down into the hall with the orchestra in front of you. It must be an extraordinary sensation. It's amazing. There's words can't describe it. It's really something you have to experience. There have been many siblings in the orchestra over the 48 years. But one pair of siblings I spoke to, Lucy and Carl Kirby from Waterford, had the unique experience of standing on the stage of one of the most prestigious concert halls in the world. I'm Lucy. And I'm Carl. And you are brother and sister. Yep. Yep. And you're standing on the stage at the Concertgebouw, how do you feel? It's really good, especially good with, the, with our friends. And yeah, it's really nice. You just had some of your colleagues conducting you. What was that experience like? That was really interesting. Um, it was good to see them trying a new experience. How do you feel, Carl? It's a very hard thing to do, I think, to stand up in front of an orchestra and conduct it. So um, uh, I have a lot of respect for them. And you have your mum and dad with you this week, is that right? They're in the audience. Are, are they enjoying themselves as well? Yeah, they are. I'm Stefan Petier and I play the double bass. In fact, you're the leader of the bass section. I am, yeah. Um, how, how do you find the responsibility of leading a section? It's, it's a bit of a challenge. You need to know the music a lot better than you know, the, the rest of your section and you need to be able to show exactly what your intent is, what your own interpretation of the music is. Um, and you need, to, you need to show strong leadership skills to kind of guide everybody to the right direction. You came here the other day without your own instrument and you not only did you have to play other instruments but you had to organise your section and make sure everybody was comfortable and happy. Well, the, 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 most, the first most important thing was to make sure that everybody in the section had a bass that suited them, that they were comfortable with. And that was quite, it was quite difficult seeing as all of us in the section are used to playing on four strings and three of the four basses we're playing on are five strings. It's a very different experience to play the bass and it adds a whole new level to, to playing it. It's something that you do have to get used to as a bass player though, you know, you, you won't always be able to bring your instrument with you and you have to adapt. How did you find that experience of playing on the stage in the Concertgebouw? It was just incredible. I mean, to know the amount of music and that's been played here and the amount of history for music that has been made here and um, this was Gustav Mahler's favourite concert hall. This was the favourite concert hall of many people and one of the best orchestras in the world plays here on a regular basis, so it's some experience. Do you think you'll be back? I hope so. I really hope so that I can come back to play a proper concert here. That'll be fantastic.
Stéphane Petier, leader of the double bass section, leading us into the opening of the third movement of Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 4. After a walking tour of the city and one last meal, a tired but happy group of young people made their way to Amsterdam Schiphol Airport for the journey home to Dublin. At the airport, I asked some of my young charges what had been the highlight for them. Was it the sightseeing, the shopping sprees, pancakes, cruises, windmills? Of all the memories they made over those four days, there was one aspect of the tour they were all talking about. Uh, the concert Cabal, playing in the hall. What was the highlight for you? Yeah, the same, the concert Cabal, because well, we had the master class there and it was a really cool hall. And it was kind of really fun to see everyone conduct for the first time. Playing in the concert Cabal, just playing in such a big hall, it sounded really nice. Playing in the West Kirk, um, because there were so many people and they all seemed to really enjoy the concert. I really enjoyed doing the conducting masterclass because it was an amazing experience and it's something I'd never done before. Will you ever forget the time you were in the concert Cabal? I don't think so, it'll be hard to forget. So, back in Dublin, and after a night's accommodation at DCU, we arrived in the Helix Theatre to set up for the final concert. A homecoming concert is always a special occasion. And our conductor had some final words for the players. We are ready then, that we, we are at the, the best shape possible for, for the last... You know, it's amazing to see how you grow with the concert. We are ready to go and, and, and I am... Of course, I thank you for all the great music you brought me and, and I, I think it will be, in the end, quite sad that we have to part our ways and, and this is, of course, the last concert, but I also, at the same time, I feel very excited going to the concert. I, I, I know we will have a fantastic concert tonight, so I, I will try to, you know, enjoy every moment, every single note. Uh, during the concert, and I hope you do the same. Yeah? Thank you. So once more, this time for family and friends, the orchestra performed Bernstein's Overture to Candide, Stravinsky's Firebird Suite, Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 4 and an encore of Chabrier's Espana. A hat-trick of standing ovations confirmed that these young people have the future of orchestral music in Ireland safely in their talented young hands. The five days were an exhilarating experience for the orchestra, the staff and the management team 
not to mention those of us who came along for the ride. The Morgan Amsterdam was presented and produced by Leisha O'Brien. Sound mixing was by Ben Rawlins. The programme is a jiggery pokery production for RTE Lyric FM.